This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are at Exodus chapter 25. We made it all the way to 25. Can you believe it? That being said, I do something that I normally don't do. I don't normally split up verses. I normally go verse by verse, but I think in order for me to contextualize this Bible study and then be able to spend some time really digging into the meat of the middle verses, meaning give you some ideas of what some of these pictures mean, I need to skip to verse 8. I need to use verse 1 and 2 and then skip to verse 8 to give us an understanding of what the purpose of of this Bible study is and to give us an idea of what God's trying to do in this. It says in in chapter 25, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, remember this is up on the mountain, he says, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. All right. And then verse eight says, then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. And the sanctuary that they're going to build is a tent called a tabernacle. And a tabernacle is very important scripturally because it's where God dwelt with his people when they were wandering in the wilderness. Now, that's important because uh, oftentimes God's people don't don't immediately enter into the temple worship because many times when you're just being born you're just born again and you're just being saved, you don't you don't really worship God the way the way you do when you become mature and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're walking in power, and you're serving God with your whole body, and do you not know your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's what the New Testament teaches us, but there is a time period for a lot of believers where they're not really a whole lot chasing after God, and they're wandering in the wilderness, and the tabernacle experience is that wandering in the wilderness. It's It's that early salvific process of learning how to walk by faith, and so it's an important one, it, it, the picture of the tabernacle is very important, but it is it, it is to be distinctive from the temple worship where that's a permanent, somebody has some, <clears throat> the best way for me to describe it is they have some maturity and they have some permanency to their lives. And a lot of new Christians just don't have that. And, and, and I'm not saying that to be ugly. Most new Christians don't have that, but a lot of them spend a lot of their early uh, Christian life not really walking with God in any real way. And the reason is because they use Christianity as one of the smorgasbord, one of the buffets of life events. I want to try a little education. I want to try this job. I want to try these friendships. I want to try this and that and the other. I'm trying and see what works for me. And they use uh, their relationship with Christ as one of those one of those things where they're just dabbling in it and not actually 
it's it, it has no real intrinsic value to them. Now, I'm going to say this because it's important. Every relationship in life, every relationship in life that has any real value to you, and I'm gonna, I, you got to get this, every relationship in life that has any real value to you should cost you something. And it's going to cost you something. It should, you have to invest you into it. If you do not invest you into the relationship, it's never going to be of any great value to you. It's never going to have any depth. Now, there's some relationships in life that by fundamental nature have value that is intrinsic. Primarily, a relationship between a parent and a child. A parent and a child relationship usually is just by definition costs the parents a lot. Okay. It costs the mother for sure a lot. She has to eat quite literally give of her body to, to nurture a child for nine months in the womb. It has great, it has great cost to her physically. Oftentimes a woman's body, especially after the first child is changed permanently. There's some alterations that are made on the inside. And, and historically, before we had a lot of good nutrition and a good understanding of this and prenatal care, it sometimes would cost, a, it used to, the old wives tale was each child cost a tooth. And you go, why a tooth? Because it took some of the very important nutrients of the body. And oftentimes women would lose a tooth or two for every child just because of the nutrients that were being taken from her and given to the child. That's an investment. That's an investment in a relationship, and that's and that cost has great value to a mother. A father, on the other hand, has to actually invest. And oftentimes in the world that we live in, there's not a lot of investing going on by fathers. In fact, fathers are absent. But a father who invests his life into his children reaps great reward, and the Bible clearly teaches that. In marriage, oftentimes in the culture that we live in, in the society that we live in, marriage or the relationships that we would call marriage today are something that we try. We live together to see if we like each other. We we determine we're going to marry at some point time down the road, maybe after we've invested enough to know that each one of us is actually going to be uh, uh, sold out to it. But the truth is what you're doing is you're easing your way into something rather than actually committing to it. And by failing to commit to it, you fail to invest oftentimes the very most necessary means that lead to that lead to God's best happening in that marriage and in that relationship. And so if you leave an out clause in a relationship, oftentimes that clause will be used. Parents don't have out clauses with their children, generally speaking. Husbands and wives who commit early and commit fully don't give themselves out clauses in their marriage. And our relationship with God is the exact same way. And if you treat it as something that is that is something common, something that you're trying out, like maybe I'm going to get some counseling, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to eat healthy and try to get my life. If you'll notice, what you're doing is you're just making the relationship, <clears throat> and remember, Church and Christianity and worship and all these things are not, they're not events, they're relationships. If you're going to have, if you're going to have a active, powerful Christian life, you have to have an active, powerful relationship with God. 
And by the way, you have to have an active, powerful relationship with other believers. I want you to hear me today. There, there's no context in Scripture by which God, by which God says, "I'm going to have a personal relationship with you," and you don't really have to have anything to do with anybody else. I have a personal relationship with in this world. That doesn't work. Your relationship with God oftentimes also involves deep investments in relationships with other believers. And in fact, the the law of the New Testament, the law of the Spirit that Jesus gave, the last one he gave is that we're to love each other, meaning other believers as he loved us. That's a life investment. That's investing a lot into that relationship. If If you treat it as something that is common, as something that is just a passing fancy, as something that's a minor investment of your life, you're going to try it out. Well, you're going to get that from it. That's how you're going to do it. If you say decide you're going to invest in, in a business, but you don't really give a whole lot of time to it, you don't give a whole lot of your resources, you're not going to get a whole lot of a business. If you invest in, in a marriage where it's just something you're going to try out for a little while and see if it works, I can promise you this, it, it won't work. It won't work out. It's not going to. Why? Because marriage is a life investment. It's a hard. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. It, you you have to give a whole lot, and oftentimes feel like you're not getting anything back. That happens in in relationships because the other party is weak or struggling or has something going on. They may even be sick and may even have something that they can't give a whole lot. But you've got to give everything. And you know what? That's why those relationships are very powerful. And, and should be permanent. They can't be invested in lightly. And true friendship is also the same way. If you're going to invest very little, you're going to get very little from it. And the investment of who you are in, in someone else's life is just one of those things you just got to figure out. And, and so as far as figuring it out, what you've got to understand is it got, it's got to cost you something. And that's why God is asking the Israelites to bring him an offering. He says, and he says, I don't want you to bring an offering because I've instructed you to bring an offering. I want you to bring an offering because your heart is prompting you to give. And now let me deal with a little bit about offerings because they're important. You have the tithe, which all New Testament Christians hear about all the time. The tithe is a permanent giving of what God is uh, blessing you with each and every week, month, year. The tithe is, the word tithe means 10%. And the purpose of the tithe is for you to give. And in the New Testament, we don't make it legalism because some, for some people, the tithe is more than a tenth, okay? Give in such a way that God is the Lord of your finances. And if God is not the Lord of your finances, then he's the Lord of nothing because out of the, the your treasure is, is what you treasure the most is where your finances are invested. And your finances... <clears throat> If they're not invested in the kingdom of God, you're not treasuring it very much. And what God's saying is, I want a permanent, you to be put on permanent notice, walking with me, that you're going to regularly give and make me not only just Lord of the things that you want me to be Lord of, but Lord of everything. And that always starts with your finances. So I would say to you, if you're not a regular giver to God, and a giver in such a way that it, it is an amount that m- makes a difference in your life, if you're not a regular giver of God, giver to God, you're missing out. I'm going to tell you you're missing out because you're not investing very much, and the likelihood is the dividends that you're going to re- re- receive from that is going to be very little. There are also 
first fruit offerings. And first fruit offerings are very unique offerings because they're the first, they're the offering you give when you enter into a new endeavor with God, a new a new opportunity, a new a chance to walk with God. And first fruit offerings are really good. If you're about to start a new ministry or you're about to start a new place in the world and, and you're moving and, and you're starting new life there, I, w- I would recommend that you give a first fruit offering uh, to God and expectation that God's going to be in the midst of that. And it is, it's a very special offering. Uh, I, I love to give a first fruit offering. I don't get the opportunities of life to give one are, are not all that much, but I love to give a first fruit offering to God because it's a blessing to invest in God and have him invest in the new things that he's doing in my life. And that's a great offering to give. And then there's these special offerings. And these special offerings are offerings where you are trying to really, what you're trying to do is you're trying to move yourself into a position where you are understanding and seeing things in a new and different way. And that's really what this offering is. It's a special offering. God's saying, I want you to invest in in this new tabernacle, this new place where we're going to meet together. And these special offerings are important too, because they are an opportunity uh, to do something that With your temporal life, with your life that's just right now in time and space, do something that has some legacy to it down the road. And oftentimes churches will take these offerings when they're going to build a new building or they're going to start a new ministry or they're going to uh, do a new work out in the community. They'll take these special offerings up. I I would say to you, if you're going to do anything that is that is a special move for you. If you're gonna, if you're about to retire, I might give an offering about, uh, over my retirement. Or if I'm, if it, the number of ways you can consider this and think about it is what you're really doing is you're considering how can I invest in my relationship with, with God in a real way that matters to me. Remember, God's invested everything for you. But now in a real way that matters to me, how can I invest so that I'm permanently anchored into the work of God that's going on around me? And that's what this offering is. This offering is to build a tabernacle, the place where they're going to meet with God, the place where they're going to show up. It's the tabernacle of meeting. It's literally called that in, in, in the Old Testament. They're going to meet somewhere with God and spend time with him. And, they're, and, and God's saying, I want you to give an offering, and this is how the offering is going to work. I want you to give an offering, and I want you to give, well, whatever your heart prompts you to give. Hmm. Notice God saying, I want to see how much this matters to you. I want to see what matters to you about this offering. And there are opportunities in life to do that. We as a church down the road in the next few months or few years, we'll begin the process of preparing to to build a, a new building and to and to do the work that God wants us to do in our community in a bigger way. And so those things are coming down the road, and they're an opportunity to give and to invest. That's one of those type of offerings. Oftentimes, we as church will have a new ministry come in or people who are involved in the ministry, and we start introducing that. I would say to you that's an opportunity to invest. I never, ever bring a ministry in and not say that I am going to give a sizable sum to be a part of that ministry just to start it out. You say, well, isn't that a first fruit? Like I said, these offerings are not, don't get legalistic about them. Don't get legalistic even about the tithe because God may be asking you to give more than 10%. And for some of you, you're just not even capable of giving 10%. But if you gave the widow's mite, you gave 
2% or 1%, that really would be the edges of what you have to give God. You're just barely making it. That would be a tithe. And, and for some people, 20% might be a tithe. I, it's not legalistic. What it is, understanding the purpose of it. A tithe is a constant giving to God so that he is at the center of my life, so that I'm making sure my treasure, uh, the treasures of my life are invested in my relationship with God. First fruits offering has to do with new things that God is doing in my life, and I give him an offering celebrating and investing myself in the new things that God is doing in my life. And then the special offerings are special opportunities during life that you have a chance to invest in a legacy in the future, a legacy that your life was invested in something that's going to last beyond yourself. All these offerings are very powerful offerings, and they're important because they're investments in your relationship with God. And you go, God has it all. Why does he need anything from me? That's not the issue. You're right. God can do whatever he wants to and build whatever he wants to. It doesn't have anything to do with God needing. It has to do with you needing. You need to be invested in the work God's doing. You need to be invested in the relationships God has in your life, and you need to do them the right way. And we've discussed how to do uh, some of the relationships of life the right way, and doing a relationship with God is an investment, and it costs something. It costs it cost you time. God says, don't fail to assemble yourselves, meet regularly. And the younger you are and the harder that it is, to do that, the more important it is that you are doing that. You say, what do you mean? A lot of young folks have children, and they're hard to get up, and they're hard to get to church. But the more you invest those children, plant those children in the kingdom, the better off things are going to be down the road. It's hard, it's difficult. That hard work reaps a great reward. Your children need to be in church regularly. They need to be there all the time so that they can hear God's word, so that they can sense God's spirit, and so they can see the work of God going on around them and that be an important part of their rearing or, or their being raised up. And so if you're gonna if you're gonna do these things, it's important that you do them regularly and you do be pointed about them and you be purposeful about them. Okay. And if you're not going to do them, it's gonna be like any relationship of life where you invest very little into it, you're gonna get very little out of it. Very little out of it. And I'd say to you, that's just not something that we need to be doing regularly. I'd say to you, that's not something we need to be doing that, that we would forsake the opportunities God gives us to invest in his kingdom. We're kingdom people, we're, kingdom, we're at kingdom work, and we ought to be investing ourselves in that work regularly. And that's what these offerings are about. I'm going to go into this special tabernacle offering because it is a special offering of worship. It's, a, it's an offering where God says, I want your very best, and I want you to give it to me from your heart. And it's a powerful offering. And many of you need to be thinking about how that affects you and who you are in the midst of that offering. So I'm looking forward to the next few days where we deal with that. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.